The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Michael Wandry and Kim Sorensen. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. So the 49ers went into New Orleans last this past weekend and had the epic shootout of all shootouts, winning in the end with a final score of 48 to 46. What do we think about this performance, guys? A great cardio workout. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't remember having jumped as much in my sofa as I did on Sunday. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Michael, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I first question I had is, was uh, was our defense still in Miami? Um, and uh, the second question I had was at the end of the first quarter when we were down 20 to 7 uh, WTF but uh, after that I really got loud uh, my neighbors even complained oh no <laughs> my neighbor knows we, we've had this discussion so she knows she's good <laughs> So in this game, Garoppolo went 26 for 35, 349 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and a 131.7 passer rating. And I believe I read somewhere that he has now had a 110 plus passer rating in four consecutive games. Only Steve Young has been the other quarterback to do that. And he did that in his Super Bowl year of 1994 when he went six games with an average passer rating of over 110%. Uh, do we think Jimmy's coming into his own? I think uh, there are some similarities. Uh, for example, both uh, were several years the backup of, of a great quarterback and then they came into light. But still too early to say uh, if this is Jimmy's year. But he should uh, look at Emmanuel Sanders. He has a perfect passer rating. <laughs> one for one for 35 yards and one touchdown. Yes, that would be quite perfect, wouldn't it? <laughs> Kim, what are your thoughts on Jimmy? Well, I, I, I like to think of, of the situation with the... With the Shanahan and, and Matt Ryan, where when uh, Shanahan was in in Atlanta, uh, the the first the first season uh, Shanahan had with with Ryan as as the quarterback was was good but not uh, spectacular, and then in the second season it was uh, Ryan's MVP uh, season and the year they went to the Super Bowl. So there's similarities in in that as well. So. It, it's it's too soon to tell, but uh, it, it's really looking good. 
Well, my husband dug up a really interesting fact for me, um, and I captured most of it, but I didn't get all of it. And we all know who I, how I am about passer rating, and that's the one I missed. But in the last seven games, Jimmy G has gone 159 for 226. That's a 70.3% completion percentage. He's thrown for 1,931 yards with 18 touchdowns and five interceptions. That's quite a change from what we saw before i think yeah but you have to say a lot of interceptions weren't his fault i mean uh, look at the interception he had in this game uh, another ball dropped by a wide receiver or in this hand uh, in this case slips through the hands of the wide receiver and against seattle both kendrick Bourne, uh, the interception and the one that were, were almost intercepted had the same. Um, there are a lot of drops or slipped balls in his interceptions, so uh, I, I don't count that against him. And uh, I think uh, what we all try to forget sometimes is uh, from his experience level, he is uh, just uh, one year removed from a, rock, a rookie. Mm -hmm. And uh, Yeah, he's actually in his second season yeah. playtime-wise right now. And a lot of people... Uh, disc uh, don't uh, dis uh, disregard this, and I think that's that's a fault. I think he can only uh, get better from time to time. Plus, uh, he only played uh, nine games before the Niners before uh, his knee injury. So, yeah, I think there's a lot air above what he is doing right now. But uh, I'm okay with what he's doing <laughs> well i'm just impressed with and i think i shared this in the group earlier I'm, i'm really impressed with the growth he's shown as a quarterback and how he's improved and it and that that improvement has come just gradually throughout the year what are your thoughts on that kim i agree uh, some of it has been i'm sure just pure game planning uh, but um The way he has come on, especially through the last five, six games, has been pretty remarkable. So uh, I think there's a, the, well, the, probably, the, uh, hopefully, the best is yet to come, but uh, it's, it's, it's going pretty good by right now. <laughs> we're pretty happy with the results we're getting. <laughs> Rushing-wise, Mostert had 10 carries for 69 yards, 6.9-yard average, a long of 19 and a touchdown. Um, Breda was in, was back and in the game, had six carries for 54 yards with an average of nine yards per carry. So we're still running the running back by committee. Debo had a couple carries. Garoppolo had a couple carries. Tevin Coleman had three carries for six yards. Um certainly feels like the running back by committee is working for us, especially through all these injuries. Is that a typical model you think we'll see moving forward? Yeah, I, th I think he'll continue to, to mix it up. And, well, I, I think we'll be coming to it uh, in, in one of the questions later on. But I think uh, most, most of it is, is playing at a really high level right now. But, but I could... I could I could see uh, Coleman having uh, a good game uh, on on Sunday uh, against his former team. I could I, I could see Shanahan uh, trying to to motivate him uh, Coleman uh, against his uh, 
this former this former club. Revenge is always sweet, so exactly. especially when you win, at least. And it was Simon Holdsworth who posted in the group. Just who do we think is our number one running back at the moment, Michael? Who do you think our number one is? I'd say at the moment, Mostert. Um, uh, we talk about this in the German podcast. Uh, Mostert is now a member of uh, a little elite group of only 12 running backs who had uh, an average of 5.9 uh, yards per run in their first 100 tries. And there are running backs in it like Barry Sanders or Adrian Peterson. And Mostert is the first undrafted who did that. So I, I really think at the moment he is our number one. Uh, he makes the mo- uh, most out of his um, tries. What do you think, Kim? Well, I couldn't agree more. Um, most of the, it, there, there was a, a graphic uh, during the game on, on Sunday about how Early in the season, it was uh, Breda was uh, the number one, and then Coleman was for a, a few games, and now most of it seems to have taken over. It it just seems like Shanahan is uh, going with the what is the the saying the, the, with the hot hand, and, and uh, most of it is just doing really really well right now. <laughs> Yeah. And we'll take it from any of them at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> think uh, a German TV host said it best. If we 49ers fans wait for uh, wide receivers or running backs with spectacular numbers, uh, we are barking the wrong tree. Uh, <laughs> the the main focus of the Chenahan offense is to spread the ball evenly so the opponent can't uh, know where the ball goes. So Simon also asked, uh, it was noticeable after Richburg went off, how easy the Saints got to Jimmy G. How much of a factor will his injury be since he's out for the season? Well, I, I, I didn't see that much difference before or after Richburg went out. I, I think the, the, the Saints were really, really well prepared against us and, and the, the, the noise in, uh, in the Superdome really really helped uh, the Saints that they have uh, an, an excellent home crowd even if we we travel well they, they, they had a severe home field advantage but but I, I didn't think that that we did that much worse with with Garland in as uh, his as Richburg's uh, replacement yeah I think you saw that uh, for the first snaps in the first half Garland seemed a bit rusty, and I really was a bit of fear that uh, Richburg was really hurting us uh, leaving. But uh, after he acclimated, he uh, really took over, and the second half he played really well. And I think the week training with Jimmy will help Garland as well. And until now, next man up really works for the 49ers. <laughs> for the moment. Uh, Mike Graff, it was right there with you, Michael. Uh, he wanted to know what the hell happened to our defense. What What do you guys think happened to our defense? Did, were, were, was, was Peyton just scheming us that well? Yeah, I think uh, that. And I think the, the defense was a bit complacent after that uh, really good Baltimore game. I think 
they thought uh, in that case Breeze is uh, more like a quarterback they they like, not not a mobile quarterback. And uh, you saw that uh, Sean Payton is not the worst uh, scheming coach. <laughs> I I think it it showed, as Michael said, Payton is a is a really good offensive mind and. And the Saints uh, had an extra half week of, of time to, pre to prepare. And I think uh, Marcel Harris and uh, Al Shaheer were, well, they, I, I think they were exposed to, to some degree. We had some very, very poor tackling from, especially from, from Harris, uh, that, that cost us. And, Well, I, I don't think the the defense as as such was was complacent. I, I just think we we uh, I, I thought we we uh, we met a, a very well prepared opponent um, that knew how to take advantage. Well, Ward did lead the team in tackling with six solo and two half tackles. And the top three tacklers were all in the secondary, which is concerning because there were a lot of missed tackles early on in each play, which we can't, we're not going to be able to get away with that <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, now that there's video of Bosa, for example, uh, I think the, the offense lines have... Uh, adjusted to our defense line a bit and now it's time for Saleh to adjust the defense line again. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's see, moving on, uh, Buckner picked up his fourth fumble recovery this season, the most since Ronnie Lott had four in 88. There's nice company to be with and we do appreciate those fumble recoveries. Um, let's see, looking back at the offense, uh, Kittle led all tight ends this week in run blocking with an 82.8 PFF grade. Uh, what else is interesting to me? Uh, the 49ers led 28-27 at the half. Only the third time both teams had scored 27 or more points in the half in the Super Bowl era. I find that fascinating. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> really a point, point explosion kind of game. The, the offenses just uh, seemed to know how to take advantage of, of the defenses. Uh, yeah, you, you usually I'm a fan of uh, defensive uh, football, but, but it was just impressive to, to watch how those two offensive coaches, uh, offensive-minded coaches, put on a clinic against each other. Well, and it's interesting, too, because um, I believe this is the second week in a row, because the announcers both said this in the Ravens game and in the Saints game, um, this is, should be the second week in a row that the Niners' offense has scored on their opening drive against a defense that had not allowed an opening drive score. Now, I think the Ravens' one might have been opening drive of the second half, but still. I love that we're breaking these little streaks here and there and everywhere. <laughs> and not not to forget, uh, I think uh, we, we said the defense played not that good, but they were there when it counted. Uh, for example, they stopped both two-point conversions, and mm -hmm. uh, therefore that were the two points lead we had in the end. 
So moving on to questions from the group, we, this one I just tickled my fancy. Steve Panda Richardson wants to know, should we send chocolates to the Rams for beating Seattle for us? My response in the group was, yeah, we should send flowers too. <laughs> no, I don't think so, because if they had lost, we were in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> kind of agree with, with Michael, I, I really doesn't change that much for us because we, we still have to, we, can, we can't go into week 17 and lose to the Seahawks, at least not if, unless uh, Seattle loses another game. So, so I would really have preferred <laughs> that, uh, that the, the Rams would have been eliminated from, from the playoffs and, and, instead. I think it's great. I think it's making it exciting. <laughs> but the, the Seahawks have to slip twice uh, so we can go to Seattle without uh, needing the victory. And therefore, I would have preferred the Rams losing or at least a tie. Uh, so we would have been in the playoffs already after five years. <laughs> well, and that brings up an interesting point, too. We have not seen a whole lot of ties this year. But that's just an interesting observation. Uh, Bonnie Lynn McClory Finn wants to know: Can we run the table? We've got three games left this year. Of, of course we can. I'm, I'm just not sure that we we will. I, I'm, I'm I was very confident before the Saints game, but right now I'm just a little bit concerned about our injuries. Mm-hmm. But but we we are we are, we are the better team. On, on talent alone, we would should, we should be able to beat both, uh, Falcons, Rams, and Seahawks. No question about it. I think uh, we can, but I don't think we will, um, because uh, the division games are a different matter. And I think the Rams or the Seahawks uh, will give their best uh, in that division games, and especially if the Seahawks still can claim the number one seed. So I don't think uh, that will be easy, but I hope we do. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. However, I think we need to worry about the next game only. Which, Deepak Gohill, Atlanta destroyed the Saints in New Orleans. They are just playing out their season. How much of a danger do they pose in their role of party poopers? They have nothing more to lose. I mean, uh, last week they were eliminated from the playoff contention. Mm -hmm. And they have nothing more to lose, so yes, they can uh, spoil our parade. Um, and they got better and better toward the end of the season. Well, they they have been been playing pretty good lately, but you we we can always hope that they uh, they want to annoy the Saints, <laughs> uh, so losing to us and uh, uh, ruining the the Saints. Uh, attempt to gain the first seed will be uh, it will be better to lose to us <laughs> in, in, in that scenario okay uh, Mark Belair asks a whole bunch of questions first one how much further can the next man up mantra go our defense is getting thinner by the game <laughs> can can you play it out? You can pretty much go on ind indefinitely, but but it's it's true as as I, as I said before. I I think uh, 
some of the, those injuries are, are starting to get a, a little worrisome. Uh, I, I saw today that we have signed uh, Dante Johnson, the, the cornerback, who he he was he was with us uh, as late as as back in in October, uh, but um, yeah, we we are we are being tested. But, but yeah, I I, th- I still think we we should be be better than the Falcons though, and and take as as you said, Cat, we'll we should just take it one one game at a time, and and we can, we can always hope that that Seattle messes up their their games as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons why we would need the first round by. Uh, so our injured players can get back up, uh, but um, as long as we don't get that, uh, we have to live with next man up. And it's not only our mantra, it's the mantra of the whole NFL. So uh, nothing new there. So how concerned are you guys about Atlanta, the Rams, and the Seahawks? 50-50. Yeah, yeah. we can win those games, we can lose those games, so um, especially um, we, we play Atlanta and Rams at home, if I remember correctly, so yeah, and we, then we, go up to we should have the upper hand uh, there with the home field advantage, uh, but uh, as you said, uh, Atlanta crushed uh, New Orleans at home, and I... I, I I believe uh, the Rams uh, beat the Seahawks at home too, uh, if I can remember correctly. And then uh, winning in Seattle is always a hard uh, thing. So I would love it, but we can we can either lose all three games or win all three games or win part of the games. Uh, it's nothing we can say now, uh, as you say, game by game. Yeah. Um, I... The, the the Falcons, we, we we can't take them them lightly. They they have a, a good offense. They that the defense is well below average. Uh, so we, we we should win that game. They are also without uh, what's his name, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, their their second best wide receiver, but. They they can score points and uh, as we saw last week, we we may be be tested on on defense, but we sh- we should be able to to win that game. The the Rams are playing some some good games right now, and uh, as Michael said, they they beat the the Seahawks pretty pretty convincingly. So division game and the Rams possibly still still fighting for a playoff spot. That that's that could be a, a will probably be a hard game and uh, well the Seahawks away always a tough place to 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 go. Well, moving on to the Falcons game um, because my concern is that we're going to overlook the Falcons to be quite frank. Um, but as long as Shanahan is keeping that you know worrying about the next game only then okay but right now the Niners lead the all-time series against the Falcons 47-31 and 1 the last meeting was a 41-13 win for the Falcons in week 15 of 2016 when we were in Atlanta 
playing against a Kyle Shanahan offense when Devontae Friedman rushed for three touchdowns. Uh, the Falcons beat the Panthers last week, giving them a 4-9 and nine record, good for fourth in the NFC South. They really have nothing to lose, do they? No, a, a, a little fun, fun fact. We, we have a, a decent amount of former Falcons players, uh, Brunskill, Mike Person, Toilolo, Coleman, and uh, Ben Garland. They all, all have a history with, with the Falcons. So, so I, I think we, we should have uh, plenty of motivation against them. I don't think we'll, we'll overlook Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, but then you can say the defense coordinator of the Falcons uh, had a pretty good look of the Shanahan offense uh, when Kyle Shanahan was there. So, yeah, we, we only can see what happens. And as you say, the, 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 the only thing we can lose, I think, is by overlooking the Falcons. Uh, I think offensively and defensively, uh, we have the better team and uh, we should uh, dominate them. So what are your guys' predictions for this game? Do you think uh, it'll be a big win, a blowout win? I, s I think it will be a 35-21 to 21 for the 49ers. No! <laughs> that, that, that was what I was going to say. Makes sense. You don't live far from me. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, the thirty-five uh, twenty-one would was was the, the number I had uh, on my paper as well. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm. I think it's gonna be a little closer than that. I think it's. I think the Falcons are are gonna be a little scrappier than we are giving them credit for. Um, so I'm going to say that we're going to win 28-25. So we have this game we play in the Facebook group Niner Empire GB called the Pick 6, where we pick out of six games who's going to win each week. And 10 players picked five. We had no pick sixes this week, but 10 of our players picked five winners. So well done. Matthew Evans, Jason Argo, James Waters, John Newell, Mike Farron, Christian Theobald, Andrew Fold, Kev Nalen. Kev, you pick a tie every week and you still got five. Good on you. Uh, Keith Fish and Ross Irwin. So right now, the leaderboard. Keith Fish is number one with 71 points. Kieran Walton is number two with 70 points. Nathaniel James at third with 67. Simon Holdsworth with 64. John Newell with 58. Alex Gill and Ross Irwin tied for 56. Uh, seventh place, a three-way tie with 54 points. Jason Argo, Andrea Fold, and Christian Tailbold. Uh, James Waters is eighth with 53. Scott Bissett and Deepak Gohill, 52 at ninth place. And Mark Kant, 49 points in 10th place. All right, guys, are we ready to play the two-minute drill? Never. <laughs> Never? <laughs> I have two minutes on the clock and 10 questions. Let us begin. Kim, after the magnificent win against the Saints, do you think there will be a drop-off in performance because they take the Falcons lightly? I'm just going to beat that horse to death. No. Nope. All right, Michael, has Kittle written himself into the top five historic 49er plays? Yeah. <laughs> Kim, what 
Was that the best offensive football of our season so far? No, I, I actually think it was the the Panthers game, but it were but this game was the the far more impressive uh, <laughs> uh, game because of the opponent. Uh, Michael, if Breda stays healthy now, will Coleman see reduced snaps? No, I don't think so. It's uh, it's a Shannon offense. Everyone will get gets the snaps. Kim, has Kittle just cemented his place as the best tight end in football? Yes. <laughs> Michael, did our defense play badly or was Breeze just on fire? I think both. Okay. Kim, will we win out and take the number one seed? No, and yes. Okay. Just, just short explaining, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit concerned about the Rams game, but I think we'll will win in Seattle, so oh. we'll win on the tiebreakers. Nice. Uh, Michael, will we be able to cope with uh, center cope at center with the Richburg injury? Only time will tell. Okay. Kim, has Jimmy G finally silenced the doubters with his performance this past week? You, you can only hope. Hope so. Uh, I, I have been been convinced for really quite some time now. But uh, it's 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 good to see on the social media that the 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 <coughs> has uh, quieted down. It is very nice, and that is it for the two minute drill. Michael, tell everybody about your podcast. Yeah, um, as I told you before the show, we're uh, recording our twenty fourth uh, episode tomorrow. Uh, like like you, we're doing a preview of the Falcons game and a review of the Saints game. Uh, and we have uh, some uh, incredible guests tomorrow. We have Roman Motzkus, who is a former player in Germany. And he is uh, a member of the RAN crew, which are um, televising the NFL in Germany. And we will have Remo uh, there. Remo is a member of a group called Football Array. They do uh, a weekly um, YouTube show about the NFL. And he's also a 49ers fan, so should be interesting. Um, yeah, in general, we do it the way you do here, but uh, we have a guest, uh, we try to have a guest from our opponents. Uh, each week, um, we had in almost every game, we had had one except for the Falcons game, the Saints game, and the Rams. Uh, supposedly, there are no Rams game uh, fans in Germany. Oh, interesting. And Kim, you just got back from California. Tell us about your trip. Well, uh, yeah, uh, it was an awesome experience. Uh, we arrived... Uh, Friday before the Cardinals game, uh, which was, <laughs> as as people know, uh, really a nail by the very, very tough uh, first half and uh, a huge, huge comeback and victory in the final minutes of the game and. Well, no voice left. Uh, come, come, <laughs> come, come that Monday. Uh, a, a good week uh, uh, through through the week and uh, 
boys was uh, regained. On, on Friday, uh, Jerry Rice had a book signing at uh, Levi Stadium. He has written a book called America's Game. Um, he came on to the, the team store at, at Levi's. So we, we were there, a couple of, uh, of guys. Uh, I had my, uh, I bought his book, had it signed. I, he signed my, my jersey and uh, a football. And he was, as always, I've met him a couple of times. He was, he's just uh, an amazing guy and fantastic to talk to. Um, and seems so, uh, well, very forthcoming when when you meet him. Love it. And then now, tell me, did you did you lose your voice on the next Sunday though? Um, yeah, a little bit, not not, not as much because uh, yeah, we we came to see the the Packers game as well, and well, that was just uh, a, a blowout. <laughs> yeah, uh, very very unexpected. But uh, in the first half. Uh, screaming at the top of my lungs, uh, and then, well, we, we we did yell in the in the second half, but it, it really kind of uh, fizzled out a bit. Uh, but one thing I, I was uh, very uh, impressed by they they have a I don't know what you call it a decibel. Uh, you you made the, the, they show how how loud the the stadium. Uh, is uh, during the games <laughs> nice and, uh, during the the cardinals game uh, we were higher than the the measuring from one of the seahawks games uh, and and there's always that, that uh, myth uh, or, or whatever you should call it that uh, the seahawks uh, is one of the loudest stadiums so i guess we're we're coming coming after it uh, at at Levi's. It was a, a fantastic atmosphere for those two, two games, uh, and it was very special to be part of. And uh, yeah, some some amazing uh, tailgate experiences uh, <laughs> as well. Terrific! I'm glad you had a great trip, and I'm glad the Niners won both their games. <laughs> we we were as well. We were as well. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think it's time to say goodbye, guys. Oh, sorry, it's not a, a, a good thing to, to stop on a on a sour note, but I've just read that Matt Barrows has uh, has written on Twitter that uh, DJ Jones uh, may be lost for the season. For the year, yeah. <sighs> well, we will get the full injury report soon, I'm sure. Next man up, we're going to have to keep that mantra going. Another test. Yep. Another test. There you go. All righty. Well, that's disappointing. But on that note, I think we need to head out. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Handman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. 
<laughs> On behalf of Kim Sorensen and Michael Wandy, I'm Kat Victorino. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you next week. Go Niners.